Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. And my name is Troy Moriello, and I'm your host as always, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we have a very, very special edition of the Seeing Red Podcast for you today because it is our 2019-2020 St. John's basketball season preview with the one, the only Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Uh, We did this around this time last year and it went really, really well. So we brought Zach back again. He was our first ever guest actually uh, around this time last year. So we have Zach come in again. Uh, Preview the team. We really go player by player. We talk, we touch on, I think, every guy on the team, uh, every scholarship guy on the team actually. Uh, We hit on the coaching staff a little bit. We hit on the Big East as a whole a little bit. And uh, we just hit on the general uh, expectations, realistic expectations uh, for the Red Storm this season. So really good interview. Um, not going to keep you guys waiting too long. I'm just going to get right to it. But um, yeah, so that should be today's episode. We're going to talk with Zach and we're going to uh, get right into it. So here is Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Simon. Left hand. The follow. All right, I'm now joined by... St. John's basketball reporter, really jack of all trades reporter for the uh, New York Post, Zach Braziller. I don't think he even needs much of an introduction, to be honest with you, if you are a St. John's basketball fan, especially uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who Zach is, but uh, we always appreciate when he comes on and we're going to do a little uh, a little season preview with him. So Zach, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem, man. How are you? I'm not bad. Um you know, the, the, you talk about the state of New York sports. Obviously, you uh, cover pretty much every team here, and uh, not a whole lot of winning going on. I don't know if St. John's is going to help that out this this season, at least. But um, maybe they can try. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean, now with the Yankees out, it's pretty dark. You know, the two football teams stink. Uh, I know the Knicks lost an opener last night. They look terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, so there really isn't a lot, a lot going on. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, uh, expectations are clearly lower this year than last year. Um, but they do have talent. They do have an experienced coaching staff. Um, the league is better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've basically said I think it's because you're reading MIT. Um, but we'll see. You know, you never know. Um, I always kind of, I've made this comparison with, you know, if, if you're a hockey fan, you saw what um, what happened with the Islanders with the, with the real coach last year, and you know how they you know surprised you only did the second round of playoffs. And you no, know, Mike Harrison can have that effect on St. John. You know, bringing in a legit coach who really knows what he's doing, and you know he does have two really good players in you know, LJ Figueroa and Scott Heron. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that two you know any team that's better duo than that uh, in the league. So you start there, and then you hope he gets surprised. Uh, in, in terms of, of talking about expectations, in, in terms of the record this season, I'll, I'll say me personally, I'd be happy with 
you know, maybe three or four losses in the non-conference, just looking at the non-conference schedule. And then in conference, if they get to six and 12, I would consider that a, a success, honestly. So really right around 500, like you said, NIT, is that realistic? You know, you know, anywhere from like 15 to 16 wins this season, right around 500. I think it. I think it, it. It still kind of depends on the waivers. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, they're still waiting on Rashid Bond and, and Ian Steer. You know, to me, Steer isn't as important because even if he doesn't get the waiver, he's still eligible for the. You know, by by the middle of December, so he gets to play the two last. But after the conference in the full week, but Bond is to me is so important. Mm-hmm. He's clearly the third best player if you watch him in practice. That's what I've seen. That's what people who did the practices have seen. You know, he'll, he'll basically be the point guard. He can score. He can be their third scorer after Figaro and Harrod. Um, they need to get him. I, I don't, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get the waiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people on the program think he'll, think he'll get the waiver. Um, but we'll, we'll see. But they need those two guys, especially Don, because, like I said, Steer could be eligible, would be eligible anyway in December. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with that? Did they, was it is it on St. John's or is it on the schools that they're coming from that they haven't been cleared yet? I mean, I, we're seeing guys you know left and right being cleared now. Is it going to get done by the season? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know the St. John's AD Mike Craig told me they expected to have it by the season. Um, I, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if uh, you know if they don't have it. I mean, there are a lot of like. I know you're seeing one last few days, but there are a ton of unresolved cases. It's mm-hmm. not like since Chris is the only school that hasn't heard. I mean, there are a lot of unresolved cases. You know, I know I have heard that Cleveland State maybe dragged the feet a little bit. They have their own issues going on with their, you know, they fired their coach in June. And, you know, so there's so certain issues with, with that, with them. So, I mean, I know that they made a, you know, on a publicly St. John's people said, you know, they, they've cooperated, they've helped us, but, you know, I, I have heard that Cleveland State has, you know, been the most forthcoming. Um, so, you know, but I do think he'll get it. I mean, kids sad that we'll his coach. Um, he told me that, you know, the boys he was the MCA gave him a really good takes. He, he didn't, you know, want to go into detail. The problem with these lists a lot of times is because it's a personal thing that you know, kind of almost, uh, you know, go against client, you know, privilege. We talk about a lot of them have lawyers on their behalf, so mm-hmm. a lot of it you can't even really, you know, barely want out there and they can't really talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I would expect them to get, if I, you know, if I had to guess, I would expect them to get it and it's just not to. But look, we're seeing a ton of these waivers be given out, so that kind of makes me think maybe Spear has a better chance than I thought. Mm-hmm. So, Dunn, I actually saw him play a little bit in, in high school when he played with um, he played with Shimori, did he not? In in high school at uh, yeah, yeah, they they went to high school too. So, so Dunn and Shimori went to high school together. Dunn was a little overlooked. Mm-hmm. He ended up going to St. Francis Brooklyn. He was really good there. He averaged fifty the game as a sophomore, and then he, you know, I guess he lost at high levels and transferred to Cleveland State, sat out, and he was all set to play. And then they, you know, they fired the coach, and he decided he wanted to come home. Um, do I think he's a biggest player? No. But I do think he's a useful player. And when you look on his team, he brings big, he brings experience, he brings scoring. I think he's a guy that can run a team. Um, especially with, with the Griff now out, out for the year, uh, they, they really need him. They really need that guard. Mm-hmm. They really need that scoring punch. I mean, I, it's, to me, it's, it's huge without him. I, I really don't know what they're going to do at, at the point of position. So let's say all, all things being equal, let's say that that Dunn gets the waiver. 
Um, let's even say that that Greg Williams, who we haven't talked about yet, let's say that he's he's uh, healthy for uh, or relatively early in the season. What's your what's your starting five? The other day, which was a good sign. Okay, so okay, so if 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 he's healthy and Dunn gets the waiver, um, what do you see as the starting five? Obviously, we know you know Heron and LJ will start. You're saying Dunn's going to start. How do you see the the starting five kind of be rounding out? I think to the beginning they'll go with experience and go with Rutherford. Okay. Uh, the Martinus grad transfer, so. So, so we, we kind of know what Heron and Figueroa are going to be. We don't have to talk about them all that much. Um, that that third scoring option, though, do you think it's going to be done? Like, because they need someone to emerge as that third scoring option. Because you know, you fi- you figure Heron and LJ should average anywhere from you know forty to fifty points a night combined. Um, but you know, that that third option is it going to be done? Could you see him averaging you know 10, 15 points a game? Yeah, no, I mean, I think if he's eligible, he's going to be that guy, third guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's your third guy. Um, he, he scored, you know, I know it's, I know it's fantasy, you know, it's fantasy, 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 it's fantasy,
poorly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's really, he, the staff really believes him. They think he's trying to be a glue guy to, you know, really defend the rebound, the ball. Um, you know, so. Uh, of those three, who you of the of the three guys who are returning, uh, Williams, uh, Roberts, and Erlington, who who do you think is going to have the best season? Who do, who are you most looking forward to, and who who do they need the most, really? I mean, if you'd asked me a few months ago, I'd have said Williams, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I still think that's probably the case. Mm-hmm. I think the, I, I think Erlington could actually be a player. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think. I think the style is great for him because he's a really athletic guy who really gives max effort all the time. You know, Williams' is back is, is worries me. I mean, mm-hmm. a back injury for a basketball player is a problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now he looked better the other day. They're clearly, uh, you know, being smart. Um, but, you know, not, not rushing it, but it's, it's an issue. But I... I I think Erlinson's got a chance. I mean, I know a lot of people want to, you know, thought that was a mistake. They shouldn't even go from scholarship. But I, I really think this kid has a chance to, to help him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, all three, all three of those guys really played well in the limited minutes that they got last season. So it's, it, you know, it's an expanded role, obviously. But we'll we'll have to see. I've heard a lot about Erlington as a breakout candidate uh, from various people. Also at the uh, Big East Media Day, when I saw you there, I talked to uh, Heron and LJ, and they both told me uh, Julian uh, Champagny, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is is kind of the the the, the guy who's impressed the most in the preseason. Um, they both said he's he's just you know a basketball player. He's a local kid. Obviously, comes from uh, Bishop Lachlan. So, uh, w- what can you tell me about him? Yeah, like I said, I mean, the, the coaching staff loves him. Um, he's, you know, he's six. He's a legit six seven. He can shoot. He can get to the basket. He can defend. His versatility is what really, what they really like. They think, you know, they think he's got a really high basketball IQ. He really knows how to play, which is very important when you look at a freshman who's going to, you know, who's going to get beatful minutes right away. I, I really would not be shocked if, you know. He's a starter, you know, by the minimal point of the season. I think they're that high on him. And, you know, when you when you look at, you know, a team that doesn't have a lot of size, you know, um, you throw, you know, the way they, they're going to play pressure, you, you throw him, you know, you throw him with, with Heron and Figueroa mm-hmm. out there in the press, that, that could be very tough because they're just three really athletic, long guys. Uh, that can create a lot of problems. Mm. I, I think I think Heron and Figueroa, especially LJ, who who is thinking about uh, transferring, I, I think that they're going to have incredible seasons this year. I, obviously, it's a little different for them. You know, last year they were probably options two and three on the offense. Now they're really one and one A. But I, I think both of them just fit perfectly into Mike Anderson's system, or at least a system that he wants to run. Especially LJ. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by by the staff for this year. I, I just to me, you know, whatever it was, they they felt like they didn't really get for him, but that he didn't really have a role in offense. And I just think he's, he's just, to me, is so much more locked in and so much more invested this year. I think, but he, he also knows this is the last year before mm-hmm. he's going to get towards a pro career. He, you know, whether it's the NBA or the overseas, he needs to have a big year. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think, you know, you have a coaching staff that's honored and really believes in him. And like, he's going to be the, he's the senior leader. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I, <laughs> he's up just so important. I just, he just seems so much different to me this year than last year. I, I really think he's going to have a monster year. I think it's a good role. Obviously, I think it's a great system for him. 
Um, my, my only worry with Figueroa is foul trouble. And, and, and for a lot of these guys, you look, or for him and Howard especially, mm-hmm. for these both these guys should be good for the game. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Coach Anderson now. First year on the job for him. I think a lot of people were probably a little bit skeptical about uh, Coach Anderson, probably just as a result of, of the national embarrassment that the uh, coaching search was. But I think he's really hit the ground running since he's been hired. Um, I think he might have ended up being sort of a blessing in disguise from what was a tough situation at St. John's. What's your initial impressions of the Anderson era? I mean, I've been really impressed. And I think he has like staff. Yeah. When you look at uh, Greg Gordon and his cousin, his nephew has been with him everywhere. Uh, T.J. Cleveland and Steve Demayo, man, making our local guys and very experienced recruiters. Uh, honestly, of all the men, I could even include Bobby Earl in there. I mean, I don't think they could have done better. I think they got very lucky. Uh, some of these names left a lot to be desired. I, you know, look, I, I still don't understand a lot of fair people having Tim Clues. I think everyone knows his team's never doing a the tournament. I get he makes it every year, but like a large part of that is I know it has different admissions policies than the rest of the Mac, so they're able to take certain kids that other Mac schools can't. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how long he's here. He's older, we understand that. But this is a guy who everyone who ever met him has nothing but good things to say about. He's a hard worker, he's a grinder. That's what you need to say, John. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need, like, like the two things, Steve Rabbit and Chris Mullen had one thing in common. They could get fired at two times and their lights wouldn't change. Mm-hmm. Chris Mullen goes in, Chris Mullen, Steve Mullen, Steve Rabbit could go back to TV. They didn't, it wasn't life and death for them. And they didn't treat it that way. Mm-hmm. For Mike Harris, this is all, this is all he cares about. Mm-hmm. He's coaching basketball. It's all that matters. And you've really seen it with his work ethic. You've seen it with how his staff has been on the recruiting trail. You see what the kids talk about his program. You know, it's a real family atmosphere. He, he's got the team over to his house all the time. The recruits seem to love him. Now look, very fair. So far recruiting, they've got a, a few nice pieces, but it's not like they're bringing in top 100 kids. I think they need to, eventually they need to upgrade to that. But, you know, I mean, I, I think Pasha Alexander was a really nice get. I think Isaiah Moore, the Juco forward, he had a lot of SEC schools on him, was a really good get. And now we see how this staff can coach. I mean, recruiting obviously is so important, and that to me is, the, is still the question mark with the staff. But otherwise, I, you have a hard-working staff that knows what they're doing, that is going to give you everything they have. And that to me, if you're a St. John's fan, is all you could ask for. Mm-hmm. That's a good point that you bring up. I was going to ask you because we've seen, you know, Anderson's gotten off to a nice start recruiting. Um, we saw Lavin get off to a really nice start recruiting, obviously, and we saw even Mullen get off to a really good start. Both of those guys kind of faded. I was, I was going to ask you, you know, what's what's the biggest difference or why would Anderson be different? But I, I think you kind of just answered it there. You know, this is this is a, a real big-time job for Coach Anderson, whereas, like you said, Chris Mullen's a celebrity, he's a Hall of Famer, and Steve Lavin is a household name. This is the first, you know, real, I don't want to say, you know, dedicated, but the first, like, legitimate college basketball coach that St. John's has had in, in a while, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's what, it's, there's no doubt. I mean, this guy is a true basketball life. Mm-hmm. What he's always doing is coach basketball. He only, this guy only really knows to do the job one way, and that's, that's, that's the grind. And that's, you know, St. John's most successful. That's what they need. They need their Kevin Willard, you know? A guy who's going to treat everything like, it's, you know, like, all he's got, like, he has his life. And the last two St. John's coaches too often just, they didn't put in nearly enough as they needed to put in. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm not saying he's going to be a success here. 
but I'll tell you what, the guy's coached 17 seasons and he's never had a losing season. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good uh, stat to piece to go put next year, dude. Mm-hmm. And one one more thing about Anderson. Do, do you see him? He's kind of done a nice mix, but I, I think he's really done a good job locally recruiting so far. Do you see him kind of keying in on the local recruits now, especially with the staff that he's put together? Or do you see him kind of branching out a little bit more, maybe going through some old connections that he might have had at Arkansas and Missouri? How, how do you see him kind of attacking the recruiting going forward now into really his first real recruiting cycle? I mean, I think you're going to see, you're going to see both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they obviously want to recruit local, local, but they're also not going to waste their time either. They're not going to, you know, like you saw, like Pasha Alexander, they had, they knew they could get him, they went on down. They didn't wait on Kurt Ballo, they didn't the R up, but two kids they probably weren't going to be able to get. Um, so I think you're going to, you're going to see, they're realistic. They're not, you know, are they going after some top kids when they're younger? Yeah, they are. But they're not also just going to put all their eggs in one basket and swinging this and then being left with all what are we going to do mm-hmm. you know so that's one thing I have like is when there's been a chance to get a decent kid like Posh to me as for example you see he's not as highly rated as other kid but they think he's pretty good they think he fits the system that's the they're going for kids that you know they obviously want really talented guys they're going for guys that they fit they desire to be tough kids who really work hard and who will fit into the system and that might not necessarily always reel in the, the premier kid obviously he, 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 it's just going to be easy he can't win with the two star kid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know I mean he's also not going to sacrifice you know fit and the kind of player he thinks will do well for him for, for a few stars Mm-hmm. That that's almost it almost it almost feels like that's the way recruiting is going now uh, nationally. You know, I, I I can't remember where it was. I know it was a, it was a four or five star player. He just committed to Carolina earlier this week, and I think Georgetown and one of the school were on him for for years. Basically, North Carolina swoops in and any signs with them. I, I just feel like that's that's almost how it's going now with these. I don't want to say smaller schools, but you know, with St. John's, they're not a premier. Uh, blue blood type program, it's almost not worth it even to, to, to go after these five, you know top 50 recruits or whatever because these bigger blue blood schools are going to swoop in and take them at the last moment. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, we've seen it happen at St. John, you mm-hmm. know, going back to Isaiah Briscoe. Yeah. You know? yep. I mean, it's, it happens all the time. I mean, I can't knock the kid for it. It's just, it's just the way of, uh, just the way of recruiting. Mm-hmm. So, a couple more questions about the Big East, then I'll let you go. Um, might be one of the best conferences in the country, if not the best conference in the in the country this year. Uh, how many tournament teams are going to be in the Big East this year, and just how good is the Big East going to be? I mean, I think the league is the best it's been since you know, it. I think you could have seven teams in the tournament. I think the bigger uh, profit has the top twenty-five caliber. I think people are overrating Marquette a little, but I think people are underrating Georgetown way too much. Um, I really like that team. I think this is going to be you in breakout season. Um, I, I think the league's terrific. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's a clear cut one. I think Xavier, Seattle, and Delgado are all, are all right there with each other. Uh, I think Georgetown promise in the next year that you have Marquette and Creighton, and I think you have a clear bottom three of Butler, uh, St. John, Paul, however you want to. You want to list them, but yeah, I mean, to me, the, the the league is a monster this year, and I, I think you're going to have seven teams. And I think you're going to have at least three, 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 sixteen teams. So it should be a fun year. I mean, it's going to be tough to win teams. But it should be a fun year. <laughs> is there a, a last question? Is there any chance? 
I'm not going to have you make a prediction or anything like that, but is there any chance that St. John's finishes, let's say, let's say even seventh? Do they have a shot at, at getting to seventh place and not being in that bottom three, or is it pretty much eighth, ninth, or tenth for St. John's? No, I don't think seventh is crazy. Um, I don't think they're as good as Marquette. And I, you know, I think I don't, you know, Creighton did lose some pieces, and you know, I. I think seventh is I think seventh probably is your high water mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't see anywhere higher than seventh, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that's out of the question. Like I could see St. John's winning going seven and eleven, maybe the league or eight. You know, eight ten might be stretching it. Mm-hmm. Now I would think seven and eleven would probably be a would be a very good year. If Mike Anderson went seven and eleven with this roster in this Big East. And Chris Mullen went eight and ten last year with that roster and that Big East. I, I think you should just build a statue now of Anderson. Maybe, maybe rename the court for him. You know. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, you know, I've heard the criticism that Arkansas only done that the second weekend of the tournament. And it's now like, if he does it to the other weekend Arkansas, they'll build a statue. Absolutely. Make the tournament. You know. You know, twelve every you know twelve every four years, and winning a game and one out of every two times during the tournament would be you know. St. John's would be dancing over that. So Absolutely. I mean, you, you, if Mike Anderson just does what he's done his whole career, he'll be a great hire. Exactly. Even even just above 500 every year, I think that we would be okay with that with the, with the season that we've had in the last you know decade or so. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but, no, no question. I mean, I. I haven't seen anything I don't like yet. Uh, that's for sure. Exactly. He's off to a good start. Um, Zach, thank you as always, man. I really appreciate when you come on. You know, I've, I've always said you you were the first ever guest on this show. You've really helped uh, legitimize it. So I, I really appreciate you whenever you come on. You do a great job as always. And uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing you around this year and uh, definitely reading all your articles and reports about everything. Thanks, man. Have a good one. I'll, I'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely. See you soon. All right, big thanks as always to Zach Braziller for uh, coming on there and uh, helping us preview the 2019-2020 season. I hope everyone enjoyed that uh, little little chat with Zach. Uh, you know, he's he's a busy guy, and I really appreciate him. You know, he he did not have to come on um, at the, around this time last year when this show only had really two episodes, I think. Um, and I just happened to email him. I, I like kind of vaguely knew him, and I just happened to email him, and he came on and uh, really, like I said, helped kind of legitimize this show. So I really always appreciate Zach for doing that, and I appreciate that he's continued to come on now sporadically uh, every few months to give us an update. So I really appreciate that he's a busy guy. Um, you know, and I, I I do think Zach does a really really good. Job job covering St. John's, among other reporters, but I think Zach is one of the better uh, reporters at covering St. John's basketball, and he does a very good job. So I always thank Zach for uh, for coming on. In terms of some housekeeping now, um, I'm going to, if, if you get this podcast on Twitter, I'm going to also tweet out a link to a, uh, a survey, a, a preseason survey that I've put together for the 2019-2020 season. So what that's going to be is I did one of these last year, but I did it, I think, as the season had already started. Uh, this year, I want to do it before the season to kind of get the uh, the pulse of the fan base before the season. So it's about, I think, 10 questions. You should be able to do it in about 10 minutes, not in two minutes. Um, it's on your phone. Uh, you can do it on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet, wherever you want to get it. Uh, it'll be in the replies to this tweet. So you can uh, just you know check it out while you're listening to the show. Check it out after the show. Like I said, it'll take you two minutes. And uh, next week, I'm going to kind of read the results of that survey of that. uh, It's basically like a confidence survey, you know, seeing how confident you are in certain in the team, in the team, in certain players, uh, your expectations for this season, you know, general stuff like that. But that will be 
Uh, we're going to talk about that next week. Then, so I'm going to put it out today, and we will talk about it uh, during next week's show. Next week's show will also feature a breakdown of the exhibition game that St. John's has. I know that they, uh, I think they play Queens College. Maybe they play them on Wednesday night. Um, so I might record something Wednesday night, and then the episode will come out on uh, Thursday. So that be on the lookout for that. That's when we'll do our recap of the game, and we will do the uh, the fan confidence survey as well. So that that'll be next week's episode for everyone. But um, you know, in terms of of, of the uh, the season, we're not going to have a set day where we put out. An episode I know last year, I think mostly it was Tuesdays that I did uh, shows. But, yeah, whenever I'm around, whenever, you know, if, if I'm watching a game, I'll do an instant type reaction thing. Or if I'm available the next day, I'll do a show as well. So well, there won't be any set day that episodes come out. It'll just kind of be based around uh, my availability. Now, one more thing. Also, before I go, if you are interested in the program, if you are a huge St. John's fan, if you know anyone uh, who is a huge St. John's fan, uh Please have them reach out to me. I'm always looking for new people to come on and uh, and, and break down games. You know, the, the, the staff that I have right now, or I don't even know if you call it a staff, the contributors that I have uh, right now do a really, really good job. I'm looking to hopefully bring all those guys back. And I'm also looking to expand, you know, have, have a couple new uh, fresh voices on the show. So if you're interested, you don't have to be, you know, a journalist. You don't have to be a reporter. Uh, you can just be a fan of the team. But if, if you know, you, you feel like you can give – a um uh, you know a reasonable take on the games or if you can break down the games in a reasonable manner or even if you can't you know if you just want to yell about the team that's fine too you know this isn't a professional thing or anything like that so if you're interested if you're passionate and if you at the end of the day know what you're talking about um even though i don't sometimes if you know what you're talking about uh you can come on and uh so just re- reach out to me uh you know i think my dms are open on twitter so just you know hit me up on, on twitter or uh, you know, even just tweet at me, and uh, we can set something up for sure. Always looking to expand the staff. So that's that's uh, that's that. But uh, everyone, thank you for listening today. Uh, really appreciate all the support that we've gotten over the last year plus. And like I said, it's, it's been a year now of this show. It's crazy to think, but um. We're excited now. This kind of officially kicks off year two. So uh, year one is in the books. Year two hopefully is a little bit more exciting or a little bit more uh, successful, although I'm not terribly uh, terribly high on that. But we'll see. Maybe they can at least you know meet their expectations this year in, uh, in year two of this show. But that wraps up our show for the day. We'll be back next week with the uh, exhibition game recap. Our first game recap of, uh, of the season and with uh, a little breakdown of, of your fan confidence survey. So don't forget to take that survey and we'll talk about it next week on the Seeing Red Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening and let's go Johnnies.